0: Welcome to Machine Learning how the world works. As, uh, as we talk about the electric universe and electric sun, we start to see that plasma is the key event that <clears throat> drives most of the explanations for the electric sun, uh, events that occur on the Sun and also events that are occurring in the universe today I want to talk about uh tornadoes and explain why I believe that tornadoes are both a thermodynamic and electromagnetic event um, there's been a new theory or explanation about how the sun receives its power um, and also that uh, that um, that the events or tornadoes and hurricanes that are visible on the sun are the result of a z bench plasma event and i'm going to get into that in our discussion today um, tornadoes are not electrostatic potentials between a cloud and the ground connect instead tornadoes are electromagnetic vents that manipulate thermal dynamic conditions okay so if they're not a electrostatic potential between the cloud and the ground, which that has always made didn't make sense to me. You know, i i when I was in science, I read or uh, was taught that there was uh, cool air from the ground go- or cool air from the air, the uh, clouds coming down to the cool hot air coming up from the ground, and that created this electrostatic potential, and the tornado began to, to to form and spin. And that was always very confusing to me as I watched, uh, uh, thought about days when uh, uh, it was very hot on the ground, and I, every once in a while you would see like these dust devils that would form. and it didn't seem like there was any draft like the 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 cool air from the the uh, higher area was moving down quickly to the hot area from the ground it just seemed like they just formed uh like almost like you would see in when a uh, tub was emptying its water and you saw that vortex and the spinning occurred um and the air current started to spin and it was always a question in my mind what was the forces that were causing that air to spin so the it takes force to keep a vortex spinning and and that's what i also saw that you know you could see a dust devil form and it would spin for a little while and then it would uh, dissipate out over time but sometimes that vortex lasted for a long time. And that always surprised me because it was never predictable uh, how long that vortex would last. Now, in the form of a tornado, sometimes uh, it can go for miles in its spin, and, and other times it can just touch down, and, and it doesn't, uh, sometimes it does. It forms, but it doesn't actually touch down and cause destruction. And there there are different levels, like sometimes there is a level five, which is a mile across and can be moving at 200 or uh, spinning at speeds of 200, almost 300 miles an hour, and moving over the ground at 70 miles an hour. You can have a class one, um, and it's a much smaller tornado. I actually survived a tornado in Utah when it touched down in Salt Lake. Uh, at the D event or the um, oh I can't remember the name of the jazz center, but it was the the jazz center Delta Center, and it it touched down there, tore off some tiles on the roof, and then uh, followed a path to the almost to the church office building and went around the church office building. It killed a man that was on the crane, and then went up towards the Capitol into memory. Uh, uh, I think it was Memory Grove, and into the, rich, into the rich homes, destroyed a few of the homes there, uh, tore down trees, uh, crushed cars. My car happened to be uh, buried under a car, but, or under a tree, tip of the tree. And fortunate for me that when I got there, some people with chainsaws came along, and they were able to saw off the tip of the tree that was pressing against my car, and I was able to drive it home. So I felt very fortunate that day that um, more damage hadn't occurred. So it does take force to keep the vortex spinning. Air pressure differences alone are not enough force to keep the vortex spinning at the surface contact due to energy drop-off. So there has to be a force that's causing the, uh, the, the winds to spin, spin, and that force is an electromagnetic force. So electromagnetic force is uh, causing the vortex to form. And then when that electromagnetic, electromagnetic force or the ions feeding into that electromagnetic force or the um, uh, plasma that's in there, which we'll, I'll talk in a minute what plasma is, but when that plasma in the winds... Uh, dissipates the electromagnetic force uh, ceases and the z-pinch effect or the Lorentz force that's forming the uh, tornado uh, dissipates and the currents dissipate and the tornado uh, ceases to spin. Borsec dissolves, so that's kind of the explanation of the uh, what I'm going to be talking about. So the slow slowing of wind spin causes the inflow of air to low pressure at the center of the vortex to decrease and the spinning winds to stop. Okay, so now the question is, is how is there evidence of these electromagnetic fields that are in the tornado? And it's interesting, there's a movie called Twister and, and they happen to show some simulations of tornadoes and suggest that uh, there are electromagnetic fields, but they don't really discuss what form those electro- electromagnetic fields or signatures. They use sensors and they put that into the center of the vortex and then they are able to measure wind speeds and and the f- uh, vortex dimensions, but they don't actually measure the electromagnetic fields and the currents that are being generated by um, the vortex. And that's probably an oversight. Uh, but also might be strategic because uh, it's not currently acceptable that tornadoes are electromagnetic phenomena combined with thermal uh, dynamic flow of of air pressures. Okay, so there are three major ingredients to thunderstorms: they have to have moisture, instability, and a lift mechanism. Tornadoes have a much higher temperature, more instability, more moisture than ordinary thunderstorms. Hmm. So that's the explanation of their characteristics, but yet that doesn't explain how those three um, ingredients to the thunderstorm and the tornado cause the spin or the vortex, the tornado tornado vortex is said to be a spinning updraft that powers the tornado. In other words, they don't account for the electrodynamic or the electro sorry the electromagnetic aspect of the whirlwind. They only account for the thermodynamic. Now the thermodynamic is the result of the wind spinning. So then it's going to bring in um the latent heat, and it's going to release this latent heat. And the tornado vortex has three parts, the cyclone, the funnel, and the base. And so then this explanation of downdraft and updraft and electrostatic potentials is the explanation of what's causing the vortex. But uh, And you can simulate that by... Creating differences in pressure, and and you can see a vortex uh, in a lab, and so these differences in pressures are said to explain the tornado vortex. So uh, then you get into things about which way did the the vortex spin? Does it spin clockwise or counterclockwise? So in North America, it's spinning counterclockwise, um, in so the southern hemisphere is spinning clockwise. Now, why is it spinning different directions if there it is formed by thermodynamic events only? Okay. So, there was an article written in New Science called Electrical Storm Signatures Could Make a Tornado Test. And in there, they... Um, an article says that, you know, most of the way they detect tornadoes is by tornado hunters. And they state right in the first sentence, tornadoes hunters may have a new unlikely ally, electricity. Hmm. Electricity and electromagnetism go hand in hand. Electric currents can move along uh, uniform electromagnetic fields. Power, uh, uh, wireless power, like Tesla was talking about. So they, they ha- put an antenna on a vehicle and they can drive around and they can pick up these low-frequency electromagnetic waves. Okay, so what's forming those electromagnetic waves? Uh, they, don't, they don't explain that. They, they just say, well, it's there. Um, they're characterized by heavy winds, rains, hail, uh, vortex spinning at several kilometers wide, and this electromagnetic radiation that's being generated. Okay, what's generating that electromagnetic radiation? What is generating that electrical noise? And the the article then does not continue on to explain the phenomena, just to say that they have now built a device that can detect the electromagnetic waves in the vortex, these low-frequency radiations that can penetrate through the cloud, um, similar to like a microwave, and they can then get the picture of the heart of the storm. So these electromagnetic signals can be picked up instantaneously and can be refreshed each radar scan. So now we have this new technology for detecting um, tornadoes. Okay, so that that goes on. So let's get into the heart of of what I'm talking about with the Thunderbolt Project, which is the explanation of tornadoes based on plasma. For air to become plasma and carry current, the air has to have be partially ionized, meaning it's a charged um, a charged particle. A plasma state can be defined by plasma density, the number of free electrons per unit volume and the degree of ionization, the portion of atoms ionized by loss or gain of electron. Okay, so we now say, let's say that we have plasma density and we're gonna look at the degree of ionization that is required to build a plasma. So a gas with as little as 1% of particles ionized is a plasma, so just 1% is all we need. And they will respond to magnetic fields and display high electrical conductivity because plasma is conductive to electrical current. Uh, Primary surrounding the central updraft where current from the updraft generates ions. Ground charge builds below this region in response and the electric field strengthens. So you have these ions uh, coming into the vortex and and it's starting to uh, strengthen the electro, uh, the electric field. Magnifying and focusing the electron avalanche. Well, that's kind of an interesting term, but it's, they liken that to a lens on a light where light rays are being focused and then uh, it channels into a continuous plasma channel. When the channel connects with the ground and discharges a hot current, It wraps tightly in its own magnetic field, which is called a Z-pinch. Now, Z-pinches are at the center of that Z-pinch is believed to be a fusion reaction. So that's plasma in that Z-pinch. The the magnetic fields are formed in a cylindrical, where the center is uh, more narrow than the outer rim of the cylinder. And in that center is high energy plasma. And that Z pinch then is generating a current in a right hand rule. So they found it on the Sun. This is another an article that was written um, called A New Theory of Nuclear Fission Process in the Sun and the Stars. And in this he, uh, explanation, he explains. Among many things, the the high temperatures of the corona, uh, why the failure to account for the coronal looping structures of CMEs, coronal mass ejections, um, and he explains those as electrical phenomena or destabilization of the sun's magnetic fields, and he, and he explains the the sunspots as a, of uh, magnetic fields, but he talks about the z pinch and he talks about current density. And he says the initial current density imparted during the Z-pinch is high and this causes the star to glow uh, bluish at the start of its life and continues to radiate energy in its temperature decreases, changing in its luminosity from bluish to yellow. Initially, plasma is primarily recombined back into hydrogen and helium gases and these gases start to form an outer layer of the star, much like an atmosphere. Due to being held by gravity, the atmospheric layers of gases will give rise to weather-type turbulent phenomena on the surface of the star. Okay, what is that turbulence that he's talking about? Well, he will say that they're hurricanes. So we know that on the surface of the sun that there are hurricanes, and they must be the result of electromagnetic uh, fields that are destabilizing or being concentrated in a certain area. He states, the extreme forces applied in these electromagnetic fields, electromagnetic fields on the plasma will cause fusion reactions to take place, creating elements like iron, oxygen, silicon, magnesium, and the released energy in the process. So what, what is occurring then in these Z-pinches on the surface is fusion. And um, he states that temperatures in order of 10 million Kelvin have been observed around these electromagnetic fields on the Sun. And it's likely that they are much higher in the inner Z-pinch zones where the fusion reactions are taking place. Well, in order for fusion to occur, you have to have, I believe, 300 million degrees. So it's going to be significantly hotter than 10 million Kelvin. Okay, so where's all that current going from the Z-pinch? Well, remember we said the right-hand rule? That current must be going up into the coronosphere. And so we have this million, two, I mean 2 million degree coronosphere that is producing light from the sun, electrical phenomena. Okay, so, now if fusion is occurring in these Z pinch zones, where there's fast rotating plasma fields fusing hydrogen nuclei to form helium and other heavier nuclei and release energy, that has to be the process of powering the sun. Well, that's really interesting in my mind, uh, that claim, because um, that would suggest. That the sun could last much longer than six hundred thousand years, as claimed, because it's now a electrical sun, not a fusion-based sun. Uh, even though fusion is occurring in these z-pinch regions of high electromagnetic fields, and also there must be currents that are being transmitted from the sun to the earth, and they could be affecting electromagnetic fields on the earth and could some of these electromagnetic fields form tornadoes and why is it that there are certain areas of the united states that have more tornadoes than others and um there was a tornado that formed in idaho a few years ago and that was a big surprise it um i think it was a level one or two it wasn't very big out of mountain home and i found that really interesting because you know we're in the middle of the desert and a tornado forms so it wasn't like in the midwest so the uh, the conditions for the tornado would seem to be improbable yet it did form okay um So he says here in this article, once all the ionized material has recombined to form elements, the star will no longer shine and it will start its long cooling process to become a solid planet many billions of years as per stellar metamorphosis theory. At the last phases of plasma recombination, won't be like switching off a light bulb, but a gradual one as plasma material decreases, the star start to dim in luminosity and goes dim until it no longer shines. Okay, so what is the proof of that, that uh, degeneration of the star? Well, there are stars that have died. And so based on solar evolution, they would say that stars live, they mature, and then they die. And um, But could it be that the star's electrical properties or the currents that are feeding into the star are uh, somehow changed, and once they lose that current, then they die? Um, and, but that hasn't been explored, and he doesn't discuss that at all. He just says that the, it's going to die at some point. Okay, so now let's talk about the surface of the sun, because that's kind of the heart of what he was talking about. If we study the composition of materials emanating from these arcs, compare it to the rest of the plasma, might give us strong evidence of fusion reactions in these locations. The arcs emanate are coming out of electromagnetic fields, so they've been subject to fusion reactions in the center of these fields by Z-pinch, Lorenz Uh, forces, and spectral analysis of these arcs might give us vital information of the process. The increase of temperatures, including luminosity around the ejection locations of these arcs, is indicative of exothermic energy being generated around these areas. The size and strength of the electromagnetic fields will determine what elements will synthesize in a particular spot as different elements have different Nuclear binding energies for their respective nuclei, and each element will get synthesized into a particular set of conditions only. Most of the elements synthesized in this process will form the core of the cooling star and will emerge as a solid planet many billions of years from now. Yeah, so that idea then was, you know, that the, maybe the Earth, because of its solid, uh, is iron, if there it does have an iron core, there's no proof that it does have an iron core, but it's believed that the Earth has an iron core. Um, that, you know, it, maybe it was a sun at one time that became an Earth, is what he's saying, and that, that these stars could form planetoids uh, ejected out from their accretion disk. Again, I don't know why he's going into all this explanation of solar evolution. It's just maybe he's trying to appease... Um, a certain group of people so that they won't reject his paper on on high-energy plasma. But I do think that he does say some interesting stuff about this high-energy plasma. He said, with this new model of fusion, all heat is generated on the surface, and this heat is dispersed in the corona by arcs emanating from the fusion zones. Okay, so now he has connected these fusion zones, these high electromagnetic zones, to the corona. And so then all this idea of, of electromagnetic loops and enough of those where they sent out measurements on the surface of the sun to detect those loops and they couldn't find enough loops to explain the corona, that's all been dispelled. And now he's saying, okay, now we've got this new theory about how the corona generates uh, its super hot plasma. He says, many of these arcs from the magnetic connections form coronal loops flowing with super hot plasma coming out of the fusion zones of the electromagnetic fields, whereas the times the ejections rise and fall back under gravity. The super hot plasmas get shot out at incredible speeds from the surface into the corona and fall back under the sun's gravity at much slower speeds. Okay, so it's interesting uh, discussion on the electric sun and um, and the plasma events that are creating it. Okay, so let me let me uh, let me go into this a little bit more. Moving away from the self-ionized high electromagnetic field region of the corona, free electrons spin at ground, but lack the energy and focus to the avalanche all the way creating instead a mobile cloud of ionized gas that follows the field gradient to the ground generating a dark current the current is said to drift in this region and yet the electric field still organizes the drift ions into a columnar channel okay so that columnar channel of ionized gas is is generating this electromagnetic field Momentum transfers manifest as downward downdraft winds, we're talking about hurt tornadoes again, we've moved off the electric sun, but we've gone back to tornadoes and to uh, the electromagnetic effect of the tornado. Momentum transfers manifest as downward winds by the process of electrokinesis, which is neutral species attract to and mobilized by the charged particles zooming down the electric field gradient toward the ground creating an electric wind that moves the bulk fluids along the electric field gradient. So we got these uh, fields that are, the winds are now moving along these um, electric field gradients toward the ground. The cathode, so now we've got a positive negative, the cathode spot on the ground draws a positive charge to it. So cathode is the negative and it's drawing a positive charge to it, dragging neutrals again by electrokinesis and creating the inflow winds that generate a ground vortex. So that's really now starting to make sense to me about tornadoes. Uh, the charged particles in the air the making a you know 1% to make a plasma uh forming these electric field gradients the winds moving from the uh, negative from the atmosphere down to the um, cathode and positive and then causing these air flows so it's electrical effect rotation is the natural consequence of the circuit not neutral air is diffused away from the Markland current, creating low pressure. But positive ions near the ground drag dust, uh, air, dust, and debris to the ground contact, and create inflows in winds and sudden change in direction around the tendril. The meeting of these opposite winds is the ground vortex, and that that's the uh, thunderbolt theory. Okay. Hope you enjoyed this. We'll talk about comets next.